Welcome to Women in Electronics, the only show that empowers, develops, advocates, and celebrates the accomplishments and advancement of women in the electronics industry. With your host, Jackie Maddox. Well, hello, and here we are again today with our Women in Electronics Leader in Highlight radio program. I am just so excited and honored to have our guest, Carrie Turner, with us today from TE Connectivity. How are you, Carrie? I'm doing great, Jackie. How are you today? I am doing wonderful. It's so nice to see your face uh, starting the day today. <laughs> um, oh, thank you. You too. Yes. So I wanted to introduce you real quick. So, Carrie, um, you are the Senior Regional Sales Manager at, for Channel Business Unit at TE Connectivity. Is that correct? I sure am. All right. And you are also now an author. So we are going to start on that note with your book called Worthy. Um, I read it. You sent it to me. I loved it. I read it within a day. Um, I would do things and I'd go, oh, I got to go back and see what happened. <laughs> I'd go back and read. Um, <laughs> so we're just going to start with that real quick. So we have some things I want to get into with you as far as your career at, T at TE. But also, let's just start with the book. Um, something, you know, kind of caught my attention, I mean, a few things, but one in particular, you were a single working woman um, trying to make your way in the world. And so I wanted to start right there, is that is really what got you into the electronic component industry. So I'll turn it over to you to tell that story. Sure. So I was a single mom um, waitressing and decided um, my health insurance, my COBRA had run out after my divorce. And I needed, my mom had it banged in my head that I needed to have health insurance. So I looked in the newspaper and found um, an ad for Future Electronics and, and went for an interview, got the job right there on the spot, figured, hey, I think this electronics thing is going somewhere. I mean, this was 25 years ago. And I started uh, from there. And from there, I went over, I worked at Microchip for about six years. So I started in customer care. I was answering phones and putting in salespeople's orders. And then I did some inside sales. I was a sales administrator. Then I started to work with distribution. I also spent almost seven years at Arrow Electronics as a field sales rep. So I got some background experience. And I've been with TE for 13 years now. I started as a sales engineer, and then I was a distributor manager for about eight years, and I was promoted to key account manager, and most recently, senior regional sales manager uh, right after COVID began, right before COVID began. Wow. So I think that's really interesting because you really had no technical background, but you got into a very technical industry and just kind of worked your way up. Mm -hmm. So that's really great um, for a lot of people listening because really... I think hard work and determination really gets you very far. But we'll get into that a little bit more as far as where you are now, what you're doing at TE, some leadership type of um, questions that I have for you. But I wanted to kind of regroup on your book a little bit more. Um, one of the underlying and one of the, the, the major reasons for writing this book was about mental health and was about your brother and his unfortunate suicide and how that impacted you in your life. So I wanted to circle back around on that. And because right now, it, it, 
the timing with the pandemic and everything that has happened, we have a lot more mental health issues going on. Um, so I wanted to ask you if you if there's people listening that maybe have somebody in their life that is struggling with depression, um, what would some of those warning signs be? What would your input be to somebody who's either dealing with this themselves or experiencing this with somebody they care about? So first of all, my brother was diagnosed bipolar, so he did suffer from from that for years. Warning signs. Uh, people could be talking about wanting to end their life. They could be having mood swings, some erratic behavior, just noticing some changes. A lot of times, honestly, there's a lot of signs that people don't see, unfortunately, until after this happens. So with my brother, I'll just say that I personally thought that this was just another depressive episode that he was in. You know, there was no indication otherwise that this was something that he would eventually come out of. It's very important um, for people, if you are dealing with somebody who has mental health issues, to talk to them, ask them if they're okay. It's very painful at times when we have friends and family who are dealing with mental health issues and, you know, we're so caught up in our own life that we might look away not knowing that, you know, that extra phone call or asking somebody to go out for a cup of coffee can make a difference. And so I would say definitely ask people if they're okay, if you see them struggling, but God forbid something happens in your life. Also, please forgive yourself and know that it's not about ending life. It's about ending pain. This is something that I learned while I was healing, and it was really a pivotal moment for me because, of course, I was filled with anger and guilt, and, and why didn't I see this? And I also am a coach, and like I was coaching a leadership course at the time, and I was like, how can I be coaching people, and I didn't even see this? It was very devastating, but also I had to, a uh, part of healing is forgiving yourself and knowing, you know, when you know better, you do better. And so for me, really taking the time to check in with the people around me now, are you okay? Especially now with what we've been going through with COVID. Mm, I think it's really good advice, Carrie. And I just have to ask you, because this is a major thing to go through. So here you were a mm -hmm. single mom. You lost your brother, also had lost your mother as well. There were a lot of family things that were going on. How were you managing at work? So not only were you going through all this, but you have thrived in your career over the years to get where you are now. So that would be leading into my next question is you were putting on a face, you know, you were coming to work and masking what was going on inside. And there was some major stuff going on. So maybe could you talk to that real quick? Sure. So my brother passed away in 2011 and I was married at the time. I was in, in my second marriage and I did get divorced three years later. So there was like that whole bundle of stuff going on. And that was a tumultuous time for, for the first two years after my brother's death. I literally had a hard time getting out of bed. Grateful for my job at TE because it did get me out of bed and I had purpose. That was very powerful for me. I just really focused on my career and wellness and how I could heal myself. Mm. Well, I think that's a really good message too, because anybody going through anything that's traumatic, it is really good to have that thing that gives you a sense of purpose. So 
that maybe explains a little bit when I said, you know, how are you thriving in your career? It's because Mm -hmm. that was a sense of purpose for you. That was a sense of probably comfort and something that made you feel like you did want to get out of bed every day. Probably what makes you now a really good leader to your team. Oh, thank you. And I really think that also, you know, I focused on personal development once I got under the covers of what was really going on with me, which is what my book talks about. You know, this major trauma in my life was a catalyst for massive healing and massive transformation and how I saw myself as a woman, as a human being. I spent a lot of time with personal development and taking time to myself and really getting to know me and what worked about me and where I could improve. And really just choosing to take this, you know, when everything falls apart, we have the opportunity to redefine ourselves if we choose. And I would ask myself the question, what if the worst thing that happened to me is the best thing that happened to me? How could I live from that perspective? What would that mindset do? And it really changed everything for me. It was a stepping stone to healing my own personal life, but also becoming the woman that I was meant to be in my career. Mm. I think that's really good, too, because, you know, you and I have talked about this, but it's that mask um, that people put on. It's a matter of facing Mm -hmm. it. So you were facing your pain while you were showing up to work and, and probably keeping a lot inside. But I feel just in working with and seeing and having the blessing of working with so many women in the industry, I do believe women are really good at putting that mask on. And sometimes you have to, but it's a matter of don't ignore it, though. Don't ignore what's going on inside. Face it and address it and be aware. So maybe you could speak to that real quick as well. Sure. I was a masterful at putting a mask on, by the way, for sure. I felt that my pain was going to make people uncomfortable. And so I would go to meetings and I would, people would say, how are you doing? And I would say, I'm great. You know, I'm healing every day. And many times that particular day, maybe I was absolutely horrible, but I felt that I didn't want to make other people feel uncomfortable. So I just, you know, slapped on my lipstick and put my earrings on and and went to work and did what I had to do. I think that there's a price to pay for keeping the mask that we wear in our lives. Authenticity is incredibly powerful. It's very, um, people are really, it's like a magnet when you're an authentic person. And that's not just, you know, all of the good stuff. It's letting your guard down and being human. And pain is part of being human. And I am the most optimistic person. I mean, I really am, but I'm also a realist. And I think for women, when we share our stories with each other, we heal. It's like, you know, me too. Like I, I I have felt that way. I have, I have struggled to walk into a meeting with a smile and be fully focused because I had so much going on in my life. When we share our stories and we realize that there's like this universal thread that binds us together. I think it's very empowering and we learn to accept ourselves and I think that we soar when we do that. Mm. I think that's really good, Carrie. And I think what you said about you felt it would make other people uncomfortable to mm-hmm. say that you were in pain. You know, sometimes people don't know how to handle things, but I really believe that sometimes we don't give people the opportunity to be there for us. 
And there probably were some people along the way that now Mm -hmm. reading your book, they're thinking, darn, I wish I had known she was going through that. I would have been there for her. I would have come alongside of her. But as women, it's very hard. We hold a lot inside. I actually believe for the men listening as well. I think men are masters at putting on the mask, but they are Mm -hmm. so sensitive like we are too. They need the support just as much as we do. A hundred percent. And the other thing I think with the mask is that I wanted to project myself as strong. And I think that a lot of women do that too. I know men do too, obviously, but I didn't want anyone to think I was off my game. And I wanted to make sure I didn't want to hurt my career. I didn't want to hurt my, my personal relationship. I was like, Hey, if everyone thinks I'm together, maybe I'm together. But the reality of it was that until I allowed myself to truly feel the brokenness and where I was at, I could not fully heal. Mm. And that's the hard part, Gary. That's the hard <laughs> part is I, I, I it look is. at it like, you know, a lobster boiling in water. You know, the lobster just wants to hop out of that boiling water, right? You just want to get out as quick as you can. But mm-hmm. the trick is to stay in. John Maxwell said it so perfectly one time. He said when he was speaking to our group, when you're down, stay there. Like, Mm. resist that urge to get up. Don't get up and get going. Stay there until you've learned that lesson. Stay there until you've healed. And then when you launch forward, you'll launch so much farther than you would have to begin with. But the trick is staying there. And that's that's the hard part. A hundred percent. Yes. It is. So, okay, Carrie, so we're going to wrap up our first part with you. We're going to go on to another part. But before I do, I have to ask you another personal question. So reading your book, you had two marriages and you've done Mm -hmm. a lot of healing. And I'm just amazed at how many single people there are in the workplace. And um, a lot of women, especially that I talk to that are experiencing a lot of loneliness going through the pandemic and everything. Mm. And I just have to ask you, are you going to marry again someday? What are your thoughts on that? (laughs) So um, if you asked me a few years ago, I would have said absolutely not. But I am open to marriage. That being said, it used to be a goal for me when I was younger, that was going to be a direct reflection of my worthiness if somebody wanted to be married to me. I'm not there anymore because I've done all the healing and I do value myself. I know that I could be happy and joyful as a single person. I do live with a wonderful man and I'm very happy with the way everything is. And, you know, we'll see where life takes us, but definitely It's a different game now since I've really claimed my own worth in the world that I don't need a marriage to say that I'm worthy. Mm. Well, I really enjoyed your book. So for those of you listening, please order Worthy. You can get it on Amazon. Love that book. It's an easy read. And I think a lot of people can relate, maybe not necessarily to actual suicide, but to all the pain and the healing process that is described in that book. I think this is just one example of somebody going through something very traumatic, but it can apply to so many different situations when you think about the healing process. So Carrie, 
I just want to thank you for being authentic and for being vulnerable and for sharing your story with all of us. With all of us, and um, is there any final thoughts you have on your book or a message you have before we sign off? Sure, thank you, Jackie. You know, worthy is really about life. It's about resilience, and it's about what do we do when life gets hard, and it will get hard because that's life, right? We have a lot of up and downs. And it's my story, but I think in many ways, it's every woman's story of how do we find ourselves? How do we become the best version of ourselves, both professionally and personally? That's really what I want to leave you with. I hope that people find some healing and some joy in the book and celebrate life. Mm. Well, I appreciate you being here and I look forward to our part two. So we'll see you soon. Thanks for being here. Thank you. You've been listening to another episode of Women in Electronics right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.